Our scripture reading today is found in Proverbs 12, 17 through 20, and it reads, Whoever speaks the truth give honest evidence, but a false witness speaks deceitfully. Rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit is in the mind of those who plan evil, but those who counsel peace have joy. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us today. Open us up to your will and to your word and to your direction. Give us hope, give us joy, and give us peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. What is in your mouth? Is it justice or injustice? Is it hurt? Is it healing? Is it hope or is it despair? The author of this text begins by contrasting truth and deceit. He writes, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Here, the writer uses legal terms and therefore relays to us that truth produces justice. Honest testimony in a court of law produces justice. However, we find that the opposite is true as well. You see, deceitful testimony promotes injustice. Misrepresentation of truth promotes a, a falsified picture that causes harm. Amen. Therefore, the one that speaks deceitfully lacks justice, and the one that lacks justice also lacks truth. This type of communication ultimately speaks to their individual hopelessness while robbing others of their hope. This type of communication speaks to their heart and what is in it. You see, love hopes and speaks life, but hatred is harbored in lying lips. You see, truth and justice are freeing, but false witness and injustice promote bondage. It is anxiety in a person's heart that weighs them down, but good words make him glad. That's what Proverbs 12 and 25 tells us. So the question is, what is in your mouth? The scripture goes on to say that there is one who, whose rash words are like swart thus, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. My Lord. Here, the Hebrew term used for sword speaks of both a long sword used in war and a short sword used, uh, a, a dagger that is used in closer, closer, more intimate combat or battle. You see, uh, it, it tells us that, 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 that a, a, a hateful word can stretch far or it could actually connect with someone that's close, not only in proximity, but also close in relationship. And we find that once a word is uttered, it cannot be unspoken. And we all have probably experienced and know that words can cut deep. Do I have a witness today? Words can harm or words can heal. What is in your mouth? Or in your mouth, are there words of harm or are there words of healing? 
We have seen words over history produce great harm. The words of a dictator in the 30s produced uh, World War II. Uh, that those words were responsible for the Holy Cost. Those words inspired many to the cause of hatred. Those words robbed many of hope. Here in the U.S., in the late 1800s through the 1900s, uh, we can say that the words of several leaders promoted segregation, Jim Crow, and numerous acts of violence against African Americans in this country. These words also produce hatred and rob some of their ability to hope. These are but two instances where words have harmed and had lasting effects. Unfortunately, these aren't the only instances, for there are numerous more in history, more than we could even count. However, words can be harmful, but words can also heal. So while Hitler sought to rob the people of their hope, there were leaders in the German resistance, among others, fighting for justice and restoring hope. While, while the hopes of black Americans was being challenged daily, there were leaders like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. through his words that provided healing and, and hope as he invited them to dream. You see, in our daily lives, we must be careful what words come from our lips. We must be careful with, with our tone and our context. We must be mindful of what a single word's effect could be. We must endeavor always to be on the side of truth, on the side of grace, on the side of community, and yes, on the side of love. We must not harm, but we must hope. We must do all the good we can by all the means we can in all the ways we can in all the places we can at all the times we can to all the people we can for as long as we can. And believe it or not, all of this begins with our words. All of this begins with what is in your mouth. Lastly, I ask you, are you speaking hope? Or are you speaking despair? The scripture states lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. We are aware that we have been charged to go ye therefore make disciples of all people groups. But sometimes I believe we forget two things. One, that God said that they will know us by our love. So if we are making disciples for Christ, we must act in love. And yes, we must speak in love. For the opposite would mean that we are working for the other side. You see, we must love at all times and speak truth to power, call for justice and be agents of hope. Amen. Secondly, we sometimes forget that it is a call for community, a community, dare I say, a village built on the principles of God and resting in the hope found in Christ. People of God. As we speak, as we seek to become more hopeful individuals, I believe it important to look at how we also can promote hope in others. In this, we must recognize that our words have power, power to encourage, power to promote justice, power to heal, power to love. And all of these promote hope, hope within ourselves and hope 
within others. Many years ago, there was a school in a, a, a city in Oklahoma. And, and at this school, 30 per, they had a 30% pass rate on the state test for my, their minority population. As a result, a mentoring program was established to hopefully help these students who seem to be without hope. The ground rules for the mentors outside of the obvious safety guidelines were only to speak positively and to do what they say. After the semester of the program, just to be honest, there was some concern because it was found that the mentors and mentees talked a lot. They spent a lot of time together, but they did not always work on school assignments. However, the ground rules, because they were uh, checked on every day and every week, we know that the ground rules were followed. After the state test that year, the pass rate went from 30% to 70%. It appears that those positive words and yes, positive actions caused a change and it was uh, uh, that renewed hope in that population of students that produced amazing results. Likewise, the mentors that were still in college began to do better in their classes and they began to get more involved in their communities. And the mentors that, that, that weren't in school but had jobs seemed to have more joy in their work. You see, while hope was given to the mentees, it was also given to the mentors. For as the scripture says, he who waters shall be watered. People of God, I pray that individually you become the most hopeful people on the face of God's earth. But I also pray, especially in a pandemic where we sometimes only have our words to give to others as we are not able to readily and, and, and regularly meet or interact, that you use your words to cry for justice. I pray that you use your words to cry for truth. I pray that you use your words to cry for healing, I pray that you use your words to inspire hope. My brothers, my sisters, men, women, boys, and girls, my community and my village, let, let us go forth in hope together to promote hope together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.